0: Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 55, Other People's Eyes. text message Friday from a knitting friend I hadn't seen in ages. She said she was having trouble with a pattern, and she was wondering if I had time to stop by and help her understand it, since I was the most accomplished knitter she knew. Naturally, I stopped on my way home from work, and through a few misadventures, we figured out what was happening in the pattern, and by the time I left, she was well on her way to getting through a lovely cozy shawl for her friend. The experience made me think, though, about the differences between how we see ourselves and how others see us. I am not the world's greatest spinner or knitter. My skills to me lack refinement and the ease of experience. I have an analytical brain that will turn over a problem or a pattern until it clarifies itself, which means I can usually figure out where the problems are happening or likely to occur. But this doesn't make me special, it doesn't make me extraordinary or unique. By contrast, the friend I went to help learned to knit by knitting a sweater. That's right. Her first project was a men's sweater with perfect gauge. And she finished it. Now that, that's extraordinary. Yet to her, I am accomplished. I am the one to call for help. I am extraordinary. Sometimes the dichotomy between how we see ourselves and how others see us can be uncomfortable. So many of us struggle with self-esteem problems that if someone were to call us special, accomplished, beautiful, or worthy of love and respect, our automatic response would be to say, no, I'm not. We have internalized enough displeasure with ourselves that we cannot see ourselves as truly deserving of those descriptors. How long have we told ourselves that we are inadequate? How many of us, and I'm looking at both the girls and the guys here, have looked at ourselves in the mirror and disliked what we saw? too fat, too thin, too pale, too dark, too quiet, too opinionated, we tell ourselves. Whole industries thrive on us attempting to remove our twos, to make us not too fat, thin, pale, dark, quiet, opinionated, and we spend an inordinate amount of time trying to make it happen. I saw an interesting TED talk a while back, from Australian journalist Tracy Spicer, talking about how much time she spent in a day becoming camera-ready and what happened to her perception of herself when she started adding up all that time. Her challenge to women was to reevaluate how much time they spent adhering to society's unreasonable beauty standards, and to use that time to become more productive in the things that they love and need to do. I would take it a step further. For both men and women, we need to start spending less time finding ourselves inadequate, and more time being happy and satisfied with who and what we are, and using that happiness to make ourselves more efficient and effective. And one of the things we can start to do is see ourselves through other people's eyes. I'm not talking about picking the bully at work or the judgmental stranger on the street as the person through whom to view yourself. These people don't know you, don't have an inkling of your struggles, your strengths, or your challenges. No, there are an amazing number of people around all of us that we can use as lenses to see ourselves. Friends, partners, family members, even medical professionals you see on a regular basis, They all see you in different, faceted ways. No one person can provide us with a complete picture of ourselves. We must see ourselves from all angles, from all perspectives, and we must accept that these pictures are true. This requires opening yourself up to people, and that can be hard for some of us. With every opening up comes the possibility of pain and rejection. But perhaps even more concerning is the possibility of acceptance, of affection, caring, and love, And of seeing a picture of ourselves we don't recognize. But instead of spending time and energy trying to convince the person that they are seeing us incorrectly, we should resolve to step back, accept the truth of the picture, and integrate it into the mosaic of images of ourselves from others. Because we are not what we see in the mirror, but what we see reflected in the mirrors of others' eyes. It's easy for me to say these things, and harder for me to put into practice. I am not immune from falling back into the flawed, inadequate vision of myself that comes from years of practice seeing my faults. But I am practicing. And so Friday, as I helped my friend figure out what was going on in the pattern she had chosen, I saw myself as she saw me, the friend with the knitting knowledge and the passion to share it that she needed at that moment in time. That image of me is one that I want to be and to live up to, and so I will take it, and paste it over one of the cracks in the image I have of myself, and keep on seeing myself as others do. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fibre Week Fibre Week so a funny thing happened after the last episode it was Tuesday morning and I was headed into work and I think I caught the last really icy patch at a major intersection on my route because I rear-ended a perfectly lovely lady who was stopped at a red light and just you know it I didn't think it was that hard maybe maybe going 30 kilometers an hour but uh I'm a little injured from it. Um, the She's a little injured as well. So we, neither of us got out unscathed. But um, it's my lower back mostly, which of course means sitting and spinning with a treadle wheel is a little more difficult than I would have otherwise liked. Also, my I tend to crash more because my body is trying to heal, which is taking up more of my energy, which I'm short of. On the best of days because of the fibromyalgia. So I didn't actually get as much homework done in the last two weeks as I would have liked because of the accident. So the long weekend, two of the the three days I actually spent basically crashed out on the couch, just trying to get some energy back. And that really kind of sucked because I really wanted to get a lot of work done on the homework that weekend, and it just wasn't happening. But I managed to sit down yesterday and uh, spin up the, the Rolex Spun Worsted, which actually turned out to be a really nice yarn. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I haven't measured it out and put it in my book yet, but it's really pretty. The, uh, the washed wool is a lot easier to work with than the unwashed wool, and I'm still waffling as to whether or not I'll redo the flick carded skein and the elongated lock skein, but I'm thinking I probably should. But I'll get through these first and go from there. Um, Yesterday I also sat down and I spun the singles for the sliver done worsted without reversing on the bobbins. Just need to ply those up, that shouldn't take very long, then get that washed. I'm doing the worsted ones first, so they'll be the sliver worsted and then reversed on the bobbins, and then the top worsted reversed on the bobbins, and I'll finish those four. Then I'm left with rolegs spun woolen and sliver spun woolen, and then I'm done the one fleece exercise. So with any luck, that'll be by the next episode. And hopefully not just that, hopefully a bit more things I'll have to take a look at the workbook and see what all is in there. This winter has just been really tough for me. I am thinking that no, I'm going to have to take the extension again, which I didn't want to, but I will. And so the 5 week schedule is out and I've been looking at it and trying to decide what to do. I mean, on the one hand, I really hope level five does run because I really would like to be done by 2017. There's another part of me that kind of hopes that level 5 doesn't run because the break would sure be nice. And then I could take some of the other courses that are being offered because there are some really fun ones being offered Saturday, Sunday. And with the Master Spinner starting Sunday, I have to not take them. So, six of one, half a dozen of the other. I am going to sign up for level 5 once registration opens. I also am... Um, thinking I'll sign up for writing your knitting story with Donna Dracunas, which uh, will take place on the Friday, and then I'll have the Saturday off just to sort of hang out and and do things. Just around five a week. So that's sort of my plan there. All right, back into level three. The next exercise is for C1, which is uh, blending. Now for exercise C one you had to create three different blends a wool cotton blend, a wool silk blend and then a wool blend so you blend two wools together and the reason for this exercise is basically first of all so that you know you prove that you know how to blend and uh, and can you get all the right numbers when it comes to blending and also that you choose appropriate things to blend for example like with the wool uh, the wool cotton blend you're not gonna blend a long wool like blueface Lister with cotton. It's just that there's there's too much of a difference in, in terms of the the two different staple lengths, and also the the uh, the micron count of the, the the fibers. In my case, I did uh, Tunis, which I had a from leftover from level one a bit of Tunis fleece, and this stuff was short. It was about an inch in staple length, and that went well with Sea Island Cotton. And it made for a lovely yarn. And then for the wool silk blend, again, I did a 19 micron merino with uh, tussa silk. And again, fairly consistent in terms of staple length, and also micron count, so that worked out really well. The wool blend, I did the the not suffolk which was uh some random fleece that we got in level one sold to us as suffolk really really wasn't and i blended it with corydale because on its own it was not very wearable it's quite coarse and that worked out quite well i thought um in terms of marks got a got good marks on on this particular exercise the one place I lost Mark's was on my wool blend. And that was because it slubbed a little bit in the spin. And Mark noted that that might affect its wearability. And yeah, you know, she's absolutely right. Any any slubs will be weak points. So in this case, a, a better option for blending these two might be to uh, hackle and diz, and see how that works in terms of getting a, a more consistent instead of comb, uh, carding. And that w- it would be interesting to try that with uh, with the not Suffolk. So with this exercise, you really have to make sure that you're blending appropriately, and that you you know exactly what it is like the, the, the different characteristics of the fibers that you're blending, and that you make sure that you know you you've you've got a blend that will work for what it is that you're you're looking for, like with the, my my wool cotton blend, I was looking to you know lighten up the wool a little bit it was quite crimpy and uh, and it actually ended up with a cool hand because of the cotton and it wasn't a lot of cotton in there but it it sure made a difference so so yeah just make sure that you 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 approach the blending as if you were blending for a, a project and and make sure that you understand the different characteristics of the fibers you're blending so 2 weeks from now With any luck, I will be a little bit better in my lower back, we'll have a few more skeins spun, and we'll have a a bit of a better update for you. Fiber notes. Well, I finished the fun yarn I was spinning on the e-spinner. I managed to wrap up the singles and then uh, sat down to ply last weekend when I had some energy and I spent six and a half hours plying give or take and uh, ended up with not quite a full bobbin of the uh, of the e spinner but pretty close and uh and then from the last time I wound off of an e spinner bobbin I remembered how tricky it was so I actually had my ball winder set up so what I did was I actually wound it off of the bobbin into a ball and then from the ball I, I put the ball on a, one of my dad's yarn tops and then skeined it from there and that actually worked out a lot better than trying to pull it off of the bobbin uh, onto the onto the knitty knotty so it was 500 and, oh, I can't remember, 520 some odd wraps around the nitty naughty. That's a, that's a lot. It was my big nitty naughty too. And, and then I washed it and, uh, and dried it and I just measured it. And would you believe, 926 yards. 926 yards. That's a lot. I really hope she can make a shawl out of it. But it's just beautiful. the The blueface Leicester silk is just soft, you know. As much as I love Star Maiden, I was really disappointed in the yarn. And it's a it's a blueface Leicester sock yarn, but it's quite itchy. And I didn't expect that because BFL is usually really, really nice. This stuff, this stuff is nice. This is this is what I expect from BFL, and uh, and the silk just gives it just just adds to the shine and I am giving it away part of me doesn't want to but but that's what I spun it for and I think she'll like it I think she'll like it a lot so that was fun and now I don't know what else to fun spin although really at this point I should probably give my e-spinner a bit of a break and try and finish off some of these knitting projects that I have started because I've started another one the uh, the lady I rear-ended, was super super nice about the whole thing, right from the beginning, and yeah, this is me, right? You know, you're a fiber artist when your first inclination is to knit for somebody, even, you know, if you're the one that rear-ended them. So I bought a a skein of uh, darn good yarn, Silk Cloud, from a curious spin, which. Used to be Flannelberry Creek. I went to their pop up on Sunday, and uh, and it's a it's a silk 100% silk uh, single yarn. It's about a heavy lace weight, and the the color I got is this range of oranges and yellows and tans and grays, so fairly neutral. And I decided to use silk because a Silk is pretty safe in terms of, you know, allergies and how it feels against the neck. And B, she's super, super nice about the whole thing. So she deserves silk. And so I started the Strangling Vine scarf, which is a fa- fairly simple four row or two pattern row repeat uh, lace scarf. And it's it's looking really nice, but I'd forgotten how long scarves actually take. I've been working on it for about a week now, and yeah, I'm maybe just shy of two feet into it, which isn't, I suppose, bad, but when you're looking for six feet out of a scarf, it's, you know, you kind of are hoping it gets through it faster, but the, the idea of the simple four-row repeats already memorized, I can just knit, and I don't even have to think about it, which is good when my back starts acting up, so... And of course, silk yarn, I'm going from the outside of the ball, the ball is on one of my dad's yarn tops, and then it's just, I don't even have to think, I can just knit. So that's good, I'm going to focus on that, try and get that finished, so that I can drop it off at her work, and say sorry for hitting you, and causing damage to your vehicle, and you're back, <laughs> and all of that. In the meantime, insurance is dealing with everything else. I did get a more a bit more done on Mystere as well. Mystere is I'm now into the major body chart. This is a I think it's like a 20 row chart that you then repeat twice more. Now every row is getting shorter, so that's that's nice, and it's looking less and less like a just a band of stuff and more like a shawl. And it's a bit put on hold until I get the the scarf done for for the uh, the lady I injured. But, uh, but it's, uh, it's coming along and I'm looking forward to getting back to it. You know, even the purl through the back loops, you know, I'm getting really good at that. So, so that's what I've been working on the last couple of weeks. I'd really like to sit and just go through my fiber stash and find something. I'm, I'm really thinking though, that the next thing I spin on my e-spinner will be a fractal spin, which means I'll have to find a, a braid of some kind and, split it in various ways and see how it turns out. But I really do want to try a fractal, and I think that will be the next thing I do for fun on my e-spinner. By the Wayside Despite everything, Christmas Elegance is actually coming along quite well. I am down to the one green left before I can do the gold and the beads, plus any missed stitches, and I have discovered a couple of those. But uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of this green to do. And so it'll probably take me... I, I don't think I'm going to be done before the next episode, but eh, who knows, we'll see. So I did run out of... The original dye lot that my sister was using but uh, this one i actually had in my stash and it's actually a a good match in terms of color so i'm not too worried about dye lots on on this one it should bridge okay and it's looking really good you know it it's 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 coming along and i can't believe i'm down to one green before i get to get into like the sparkle and that's that's pretty amazing so yep it's coming along like I said, don't think I'll be done this screen by the next episode, but but you never know. It depends on how much time I have to spend and how long I can spend sitting. Now, for those who are keeping track, I should be, you know, giving away a an ebook uh, for every, f- uh, from people who've liked my Facebook page. But Facebook sure doesn't make this easy. So, um, even though I now have fifty likes. All I could do is like offer you a twenty percent discount on my store that is non-existent. So, here's what we're gonna do: I've put a post up on the Facebook page, and if you want to be entered into the draw, just like that post, and I will make the draw on the twenty-eighth of February at, say, nine p.m. Mountain Time. And so, yeah, if you uh, if you want to be entered into the draw, just Go and give that post a like. It's a really, really nice collection. So, and I'll finally give it away. It's only, what, one month late? (laughs) Oh, Facebook. What would we do without you? Or, you know, with you. Anyhow, that is, uh, that's uh, the episode for this time around. I hope you enjoyed it. And hopefully... (laughs) Hopefully my life settles down a little bit in the next couple of weeks. Thank you for joining me for episode 55. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 56 on March 8th, 2015. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at Ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is By the Fiberside.